0: Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply.
1: Before we get started with this episode of Bench with Bubba, I wanted to talk to you about SuperDraft. Awesome new daily fantasy website. It's different. You don't have to worry about pricing, guys. you Play who you want. The, uh, think about it this way. If you're playing DraftKings, the more expensive a guy is, the less points he can multiply. The cheaper he is, the more multiplier points he has. Because this is an exclusive multiplier game mode. A brand new way to play DFS. Draft any player you want with no salary mm-hmm. restrictions. Each player is given a value that multiplies their points. Giving you the ability to maximize your score with the players you want. So there's tons and tons of funds. You can take the risk if you want. You don't have to. It's totally up to you. And it's it's a blast. Sign up with promo code Bubba to get you going. When you deposit $10 or more, you get a free $10. Bucks. But regardless, you just sign up, use Bubba, play some free contests, get your feet wet, tinker in it. Tons and tons of overlay. Only like half of a tournament filled up today. They had tons of cool stuff there. And they also have a $125,000 NFL Week 1 action. So go check it all out over at Super Draft in your app store. Use promo code Bubba. Also, if you're rating and review on iTunes, we'd much, much appreciate it. it would help the podcast out a ton. But for now, welcome to Bench with Bubba episode 208. It's a fantasy baseball with our buddy Batflip Crazy Bubba and the Batflip 7. Everybody, to Bubba and the Bat Flip episode seven. You can find me on Twitter at Pediatric and my co host as always on this great fantasy baseball endeavor. You can find him on Twitter at Bat Flip Crazy. Toby, how are we doing tonight, man?
2: We are doing pretty well, Bubba. We are getting to that point in the season where every single day is like a roller coaster. It's like every single at bat, every single pitching performance uh, just means so much. So I'm a little tilted. I had uh, Drew Verhagen somebody we've talked about on the podcast before I had him starting and he pitched really well. He was actually in line for the win uh, and then the the Tigers bullpen blew it. And then Ian Kennedy blew a save and I need saves in one league. Thankfully he got the win. But anyways, that's kind of a summation of, of every single night for the rest of the season for me. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing, I'm doing it's a, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a wild ride this last uh, month of the season as everyone f-
2: shifts focus to
1: fantasy football and let's, us baseball diehards really enjoy the uh, the rest of the season. So that's always good. We can take uh, solace in the fact that we will finish our league strong, as most people forget about baseball. So that's always good. Totally. But uh, we got a lot to talk about per usual. we got some news, some players, some uh, September call-ups, all that good stuff. So let's get right at it. The Twins, they've been active, like most teams, making moves these days. Kyle Gibson to the IL, 10-day IL with ulcerative colitis. That is not good. Not good at all. Uh, Not not comfortable, at least. Uh, What's your take on Gibson who has been actually pretty good this year and uh, is a blow to a team trying to hang on the AL Central?
2: Yeah, um, it's a bummer uh, that he he has ulcerative colitis. I actually have some folks in my family who have had that and that that can be brutal. So definitely wishing him um, really well on that. I think Gibson has been kind of up and down this season. He's an interesting guy because the skills always look a lot nicer, I think, than the performance does. But um, he walks a lot of guys, gives up a lot of homers. And so when, the, when it all is said and done, he's a good example of, you know, a guy who just kind of is what he is. Uh, in terms of moving forward, I think it'll be interesting to see what the Twins do today. They had a, a Dobnack, I think, is it Robert Dobnack, um, I want to say. Uh he um he didn't pitch uh he pitched one inning. Uh, I think he pitched well, and then Lewis Thorpe followed up as kind of the primary pitcher. I was ready to kind of throw uh both of them kind of in the in the scrap heap, but then all of a sudden uh Alex Chamberlain, our good friend, uh, at Dolph Haldhagen on Twitter, uh pointed out that he was part of the peripheral prospects on August 9th and that he led the upper minors in ground ball rate and ranked sixth in whiff rate among 133 qualified arms. So maybe there is something to um, to Dobnack potentially, although him only pitching one inning doesn't necessarily um, bode well for providing some wins, maybe a decent source of innings. It'll be interesting to see whether Devin Smeltzer comes back into the rotation um, once he's able to kind of line up with where they need him. He could be an interesting option uh, for the Twins just if you're in search of wins and potentially some whip help because he didn't, doesn't really walk many guys, but um, outside of that, like I think you know, Dobnak seems like an interesting arm. I I trust Alex a lot, and uh, he seems to be intrigued, and so count me intrigued as well.
1: Yeah, if Alex is, is intrigued on someone, you should probably pay attention. Uh, i.e., Mike Talkman and company. So he definitely has his boys, and he knows them for a reason. Smelzer's the name that kind of stands out to me. Um, these other guys, are, they are good, and if these guys are, uh, if, if Dolph Holdhagen, Alex, and those guys are, are interested in him, then, yes, there is some appeal to it for sure. But uh, I think Smelter a guy they might want to give some run. He pitched well in a limited action, uh, not great, but well. Like you said, limits the uh, the whip uh, info for your um, fantasy team. And th- there's a lot to like there with what Smelter has to offer. The Ks haven't been great in the bigs, but in the minors, still close to like uh, about nine Ks per night, but a K per inning in the minors, just well in AAA this year. So a guy to keep an eye on uh, for sure. And I think, as they called him up in September call-ups, he could be uh, kind of valuable as the uh, season goes on in September. But it'll be a, a mixed mash of a lot of things probably when it comes to the Twins, as they'll use all their extra pitchers to save all the leads to get all the wins to win the division. So it could get real interesting in Minnesota. All right, let's talk about the New York Yankees. Edwin Encarnacion is back from the IL. He already went deep on a Tuesday as we record on Tuesday nights. The biggest question I have, we already know Edwin's good. If you can get Edwin, you play Edwin. We know that, Toby. But it's a – all these teams are going to be crowded with call-ups. The Yankees are really crowded. We have Edwin Encarnacion. You have Luke Voigt, who's back. You have Mike Ford, so on and so on and so on. Tons of options there, and they've all been pretty productive. If you hold some of these Yankees pieces, hey, Mike Talkman and company, what are you doing with these guys?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the, the Yankees have a lot of these kind of one-trick ponies, these power bats that, um, you know, are pretty much first base or DH. So like The Giants, you the Giants would take some of those. We need some power bats. You know, for sure. Well, I would not be surprised to see one of them with the Giants, the way, you know, them and the Yankees both just rotate through guys like nobody's business. Um, you know, I actually think one thing to keep an eye out is Gary Sanchez's playing time. He has been uh, occasionally starting as the DH. And so I think those that will be limited, you know, with the Yankees pretty much having wrapped up the division at this point, it'll be interesting to see what his playing lot time is like down the stretch. Uh, maybe he goes to every other day, um, the last couple weeks, something like that. That could be a potential downside to that. If you are a Sanchez owner, like I am in some places. Uh, but I think uh, probably the biggest hit is to Mike Ford. I think, um, you know, uh, Voight and, and Encarnacion, I think have a leg up over him. You know, he wouldn't have even been uh, on the MLB roster if it weren't for some of the injuries that they had with Voight and Encarnacion going, Encarnacion going down. Obviously, they don't need to send Ford down now with the rosters expanded, but I think he's probably going to be hurt the most, but you could see a little bit of a rotation showing up here where, you know, um, Sanchez doesn't get as much run as DH, and then Encarnacion, Voight, and Ford kind of rotate in to keep bats fresh. It'll It'll be something to monitor over the next week or so and and see how, what it might look like down the stretch.
1: Yeah. I'm with you. I think Ford's kind of the odd man out. And it's kind of crazy thinking he has hit like a walk-off game winner the other night. And he's been very productive for them, but Luke Voigt's Luke Voigt. Edwin's Edwin. Uh, Gary could lose some time for sure. He did hit two homers on Tuesday. He's actually been heating up of late, but he has been one tonight time too. At- oh, there you go. So he, he keeps crushing it as it goes there. So, um, yeah, it's the embarrassment of riches and similar to the Twins, how they could rotate pitching when it comes to the Yankees. They've all but locked up their division. They're nine games up on the Rays or going into tonight. I don't know where they stand at this very moment as we record, but it's going to take quite the, uh, the collapse for the Yankees not to win the AL East. So they can kind of rest guys and go from there. So we will be interesting to see how that plays out for sure. But just buyer beware if you own some Yankees. You might have some random days off that uh, at-bats are important down the stretch here, so keep that in mind. Uh, Baltimore Orioles, this one, some may say blah to it, and if you say blah, I don't blame you. But if you're looking for some cheap power, Mark Trumbo is back in the I.L., and he's been slotted right into the middle of that Orioles lineup. An Orioles lineup that's been sneaky good of late. They've played some bad pitching, but, hey, that's September baseball in a nutshell. Even Alex Fast mentioned, you know, like, in the last 30 days, they're right in the middle of the pack. They're 15th in baseball in WRC Plus as a team. So they're not like the embarrassment that they used to be. They're being productive. He's in the middle of an order. Do you have any interest in a guy like Mark Trumbo? Uh,
2: not really. You know, I think in today's um, double header, I'm not sure he started either game. I think they have a better DH in um, uh, Renato Renata- 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 yeah. <laughs> who I have in a, in a, in a couple places. And so, you know, It doesn't make much sense, I don't think, to roll Trumbo out there. You know, he's not a part of their future necessarily. He's just kind of a guy who's there. And so I think giving some run to some younger guys in outfield positions, they probably don't want to push Trumbo too much physically either. So uh, my biggest hope is that he does not push for playing time at DH with Nunez because Nunez has been playing well. And the Orioles, along with every single ALA East team, has a very nice schedule down the stretch four games uh, against the Rangers, three against the Dodgers. That should be tough. But then Detroit, Toronto, Seattle, Toronto, um, and then Boston to finish off uh, the season. And so I think the Orioles lineup could do a lot of damage down here, down the stretch. And so monitor the playing time. So much of September is just monitoring playing time and lineup position um, to see kind of which guys are getting some run here at the end. And if he does get some run, he's definitely could be a source of power, Um, and potentially RBI if he's batting in the right place in the lineup. So never turn your back on anyone. um, But, you know, Trumbo, I'm not interested at this point yet. Yeah, no,
1: it's just a matter of if he gets in that, that playing time, because like you were saying, and I've been saying is that they're, they're playing really well. They have a great schedule the rest of the month. Um, Nunez, Hanser Alberto, Anthony Santander, uh, Mancini, Villar, like the list goes on and on. They're actually playing very well. And they're, fantasy viable especially in 15 team leagues right now there's probably way more Orioles roster than people thought there would be at the end of the season and mm-hmm. and, and they're actually being productive so there's a lot I think I had two or three in one TGFBI lineup to be honest I know mm-hmm. I have Alberto and VR for sure I think I have Mancini in that league I can't remember now so yeah, yeah. it's uh it's wild wild times I had Nunez and I dropped him at one point in time so
2: yeah I, yeah I, team Baltimore yeah kudos to you too I know a number of podcasts back, you were kind of touting Anthony Santander. And if folks had listened to you, myself included, uh, they would have been really reaping the rewards there. He's been really solid, both batting average and, and power um, here over the last month or so.
1: That's one reason why I enjoy doing this podcast, besides just talking to a friend about baseball, is it's two different ways to look at the game. You do the deep stat dive, which is usually way more correct than my kind of feelers and hot streak. I like, I like to write hot streaks and kind of how things go. You do the deep dive to show justification in it, so when we combine forces. It can be it can uh, be very beneficial depending on how it all all plays out. So I use like kind of my DFS mindset. You do your deep dives, and it all works out pretty pretty good. Uh, let's go to the Cleveland Indians. This one kind of sucks. Tyler Naquin is having a, an okay year, not great, but kind of taking the next step in becoming an everyday ball player. Tears his ACL, probably be out about eight months um rosters were going to expand and jake bowers was coming up but now it gives him everyday time i know he's your boy he went deep yesterday Ah. he's gonna be playing every day and um so far so good are we getting back on the jake bowers train
2: well bubba you could say that me and jake bowers have a history for sure just just a Um, (laughs) slight. yeah for folks who who didn't listen to me earlier on in the season first of all congratulations um second of (laughs) all uh uh, Jake Bowers was part of my bold predictions. I think I predicted 25 home runs in 10 stolen bases from him, which would have been something because this was before we knew that the ball was juiced. Um, and he has certainly disappointed, uh, tremendously there. I think he was my most owned batter coming out of the, uh, draft season. Uh, the problem with Bowers is really the batted ball quality for me. He just hasn't shown consistently good, uh, batted ball quality, Um, even when he hit that home run in his first game back, like he hits that home run and I, and I see it happen and I go immediately. I think I was on my phone or something like that. And I go on my phone immediately and I go to baseball Savant and I'm like, okay, give me the exit Velo on this. Is this guy back? And I look at it and it's the most putrid home run you've ever seen in your life. I think it was (laughs) like 95.3 miles per hour. It had an expected batting average of 190. I was like, Oh, so the dude just got lucky pretty much. And you know, I don't want to trash Bowers because I obviously saw something in him heading into this season, but he's really regressed across the board. Uh, this, the strikeout rate, which I thought would go down because he's shown some decent contact skills had stayed, has stayed elevated. Um, he's not hitting for power, not nearly the power that I think you can get from some other, um, guys who are even on the wire at this point in time. And he the speed just isn't there either. And. You know, last year he didn't have a great stolen base success rate. I kind of ignored that conveniently and he struggled again this year. And so I just don't see the speed. I don't see the power. I don't see the batted ball quality. I see a lot of K's. I just don't see a lot of good things for Bowers moving forward. And he's probably going to be the strongest side of a platoon. And that can be beneficial in your, in, in very deep leagues, uh, just by, you know, getting some at bats, but you know, he's not, you know, if he plays like three out of four games, uh, two out of three games, you know, are you really going to start him in some weekly uh, or biweekly uh, lineups? So I, I'm I'm not that interested in Bowers, even though he's back. I did put in a couple late conditional bids on him, but uh, I'm not super interested. What about you?
1: No, I, I'm not that interested either because they already had a crowded outfield situation, like you said. He's going to be in a platoon most likely. Naquin helps a little bit there, but they have a lot of options, especially with the rosters expanding. I was not as high on Bowers as you were. I was intrigued. Like if you would have started off well, I probably would have bought in. But pretty much a draft season, you had to buy in during the draft, and I was not there, uh, especially where he was going in draft. So I know that was your boy, and hearing your uh, discussion on him kind of helps me make up my mind on that uh, that situation, to, to ignore that, since I don't have a lot of fab to begin with. So I'm not going to waste it on Jake Bowers.
2: Yeah, Bubba, this off season, I am going to wake up like in with cold sweats. Just thinking about how in late March, Jake Bowers and uh, Max Kepler were going about the same place in drafts. And I got a bunch of Max boy. Kepler. He, I also had a bold prediction on him. But yep. if I would have just not been interested in Bowers, I would have had Max Kepler everywhere and I would have been loving life. But instead, instead I would
1: Oh, that's okay. You're not going to have to wait too late in the off season because we're going to do a lot of that kind of stuff when we're in the early off season, just to kind of recap, know. you know, where guys went, you know, values, guys that busted, guys we liked, so on and so forth, It's kind of recap of things to look ahead to next season. And just a precursor to everybody, Toby and I are in the same too early box that started today. Mm-hmm. So there's only like maybe 20-something picks I haven't looked at it in a couple hours that have gone on. So starting next week, we'll start kind of digging in and recapping that. As we get more than just, you know, a handful of plays, that'll take us up some good time to uh, break things down as there won't be as many roster moves and injuries and stuff to really worry about as the the month goes on. Um, Keston Hira, speaking of injuries that really suck, uh, Keston Hira was a guy that everyone was big on, spent a lot of fab money on. If you had him, he helped you out for a good amount of time. But now Keston Hira is on the IL with a hamstring injury. Um, I, it's, it's a great two, which is that kind of middle ground of it's not great, but it could linger for a while. It's really tough to tell. So Travis Shaw, Ben Gamble came up on the extensions. What's your take on Hira? And then do you have any interest in a guy like Travis Shaw to fill in for him?
2: Yeah, you know, this one, like you mentioned, is a little bit of a shot to the gut. I own Hira in a couple places. One is a keeper league, which I'm really excited about having him there. Um, but then the other one is in, in our barf league that we, uh, share with uh, a bunch of folks in the fantasy Baseball industry who live in the Bay Area. And that one's just kind of brutal. My team is fading fast there. So um, that's a little sad for me. Um, He's been playing uh, slightly over his head. You know, his contact skills haven't been great. He's got a high K percentage at 30, around 30%. He's outpacing his expected Woba by 40 points, but I think it's still in the 365 range, which is very solid. Uh, The StatCast metrics are nice and 8.5% barrels per plate appearance. He's playing in Miller Park. In that lineup, he has 16 home runs and nine stolen bases in less than 300 plate appearances. So I think there's a lot to like moving forward for Hira. I'm super interested to see where he goes um, in two early mocks and in drafts next year. There's huge upside, but then there's also you know some red flags with the high K rate and the uh, the poor contact skills. And so um, you know he's a guy that I will like a lot though, just because of that speed and power combination. Um, hopefully he comes back and gives a little bit more to fantasy owners. But I think if you had come into the season and said, casting hero will get you 16 home runs and nine stolen bases um, this season, I think a lot of folks would have taken it. So it's hard to complain too much there in terms of Shaw, you know, God, what has happened to this guy, right? He's hitting 162 yeah. in 237 plate appearance. I know, right? I'm like, how do we go from where we were the last couple years with Shaw? where he was kind of like a little bit of an underrated bat to where we are now um, is just quite remarkable. Uh, it is important to note over his last 30 games, the contact rate is back up close to where it has been in the past. He continues to hit the ball in the air and, you know, he's hitting around league average in terms of his hard hit rate. Um, I think he has like a 308 WOBA since the start of August. Um, So it's certainly possible. Like he's been good before. I think it's important to monitor him. He is going to get some opportunities, I think, with the injuries that are, uh, that have befallen the Brewers. Kira obviously out Mike Moustakas is struggling um, with a wrist injury. He played yesterday. He's out today. And then Lorenzo Cain has also been out. And so there are plenty of opportunities, especially in the infield right now for the Brewers. And so Shaw could be um, a valuable guy. Um, Moving forward, let's take a look at their, what's their upcoming schedule. They got Chicago for four. They got at Miami for four, at St. Louis for three, um, San Diego for four, Pittsburgh for three. So a mediocre schedule, I would say, moving forward. He's decent. Uh, Gamble, I'm not really interested in him. I think with the emergence of Trent Grisham, um, Mm -hmm. who's a better player, I think, just all around uh, than Gamble, I I don't think he's going to get many opportunities there's always there's already a battle for playing time with ryan braun uh christian yelich kane when he is um uh when he's healthy um and then grisham and so i just don't see him getting much run he may get a couple steals here um if he gets a little bit of playing time but i just don't i don't see that uh, on the horizon. what about you
1: yeah it'll be interesting with uh travis shaw you know in 42 games in the minors 12 homers hitting 286 still only at 299 babbitt so He's not getting like super lucky or anything, you know, a 426 Woba in the minors. And people like to point out that the minors had the bouncy ball, but so does the majors. So I don't really care about that. Um, They do have lively ballparks. There's no hiding that, but you know, he lowered his K rate from 32.5% in the bigs to 21.3 in the minors. That's a big adjustment for me. That's more in line with his career averages year in and year out. So he's made some good adjustments in AAA, which you would hope in quote unquote lesser competition, um, so I think if he gets a good run here, you never know. He could run into a hot streak, just a matter of how much runs he's going to get. Cause like you said, it's crowded. Thames is playing well. Uh, if Mustakis gets healthy, like there's 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 room for him to move around the infield. Just everyday playing time is going to be tough. But Shaw, he could be interesting if he uh, he gets it going because his, his improvements, he upped his walk rate, lowered his K rate. Everything was a lot better in AAA. And that's kind of the things you want to see when you send him down there to kind of get his mind right. Looked like things went in the right direction because they did call him up the injury helped, but they called him up before September 1st. So um, that's something that to maybe consider. They called him and Gamble up uh, on I mean, a couple days beforehand. So I don't know. He's interesting. I'm not saying rush to go get him, but he could be a guy that could fill in some roster spots if you're desperate. Definitely. All right. New York Yankees. I think we've talked about this a few times now. CC Sabathia back on the injured list it's it's mainly it's not so much of do we want to own sabathia it seems like every time he goes on the il it's someone else that comes back that's kind of relevant this time with jonathan loisiga johnny lasagna he's coming back from triple a um he's been a roller coaster guy he's been uh good and bad he's been bad this year in triple a we've seen signs of life from him in the bigs it, it's been a it's been very very up and down he's actually been better in triple a than the bigs i should say but he's going to get some starts here with the Yankees down the stretch. Again, you mentioned some nice schedules for the AL East down the stretch, which would help him in some good matchups. Is a guy like Lois Siga, because there's a bunch of guys we can talk about, like Ponce de Leon and, and many others that are coming up. Is Lois Siga one of the guys that maybe looks of interest to you? Because, again, good matchups, good offense behind you. Wins can be there.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm not that interested in Lois Siga. He did pitch um, uh, today. He pitched two innings. I think he gave up one run. You know, he's certainly tantalizing, like you mentioned. I think it was last year when he just kind of came on the scene. He never throws a ton of innings. The control is a little out of whack. But, you know, he hasn't gone more than four innings so far this year with the Yankees. You obviously have Luis Severino on the mend, potentially coming back after one more minor league start. I think he's starting on Friday of this week, um, something like that. Um, So I don't think he has much value in most leagues. Um. obviously monitor as you normally you as you should Should like this time of year you just need to monitor everything uh the yanks also have an off day on thursday and so they may just be able to skip a spot in the rotation and not really miss a beat so at this point in time i think he's probably like middle relief long relief or uh just kind of an innings eater guy but um obviously he can rack up some k's pretty quickly with that um that an awesome fastball if i remember correctly so um, you know, he's he's there. Uh, I don't think you should go out and get him 15 team leagues yet. Definitely monitor um, and see what happens. And then if, if something changes in the news, then, um, you know, go out, go out and pick him up. But I don't see a reason to at this point.
1: Yeah. Uh, Francisco Mejia, San Diego Padres, goes on the IEL. This kind of sucks because he was starting to get everyday playing time. He was actually starting to be productive at the dish, kind of like we knew. We had a good offensive pedigree, but the, the defense has always been kind of a hold up there. It's an oblique strain. We know how those go. It could zap your power. It could take forever to heal. Padres aren't going anywhere this year. He could just join Fernando Tatis on the injured list for the rest of the season. For all we know, it sucks. But Austin Hedges to catch in. Austin Allen gets the call up. Both kind of meh to me. But any interest in anybody on the Padres backstop?
2: Uh no, not really. Um, you know, I think uh, you know Mejia. It's a little. It's a blow to the guy, to the folks who picked him up, although, you know, if you picked him up a little while ago, you got that hot run we talked about last week, I think, or the week before that. I'm interested to see. He's one of those guys. I mean, there's so many guys this this upcoming, um, you know, I'm excited for the two early mocks just to see where guys are going because I just think there's so many question marks. or so many young guys who are kind of up and coming, and it's like how much do you buy into that, uh, into what they've been able to produce. Um, so I think he's one of those guys that's going to be really interesting As we mentioned on the last show, I think, you know, uh, I'm kind of just ignoring the (laughs) Padres backstops at this point. But, you know, he uh, he started hitting the ball in the air, which made a a big difference for him. And so I think he's got those solid contact skills. I think this year he was going like at an ADP around 250. He was even like, he was like the 17th or 18th catcher going off the board, if not higher than that. And so it'll be interesting to see where that helium takes him and during drafts next year.
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you there. It's nothing really to see anymore. Uh, but I think Mejia could be in for another boost in offensive production because he finally got it going. I think regular playing time is going to really help that kid out. But uh, we'll have to wait till next year to find out. Let's go to the Dodgers. Max Muncy took a uh, pitch off the wrist, fractured his wrist on the IL. They're saying it shouldn't take too long. I'm not a doctor, but I figured a fractured wrist might take a little bit of time. Um, they expect him back by the end of the month, surprisingly. But uh, he's out for now. They called up Christopher Negron. Obviously, we'll talk about Gavin Lux in a bit. But if you're a Muncie owner, what are you doing?
2: Um, I mean, I think at this point of the season, you know, I think you're you're moving forward uh, without him. Uh, even 10 days at this point, like let's say he misses, um, uh, you know yeah I just think you can move on from him. I don't think Munson's gonna be there. What I do think is interesting is that you know a lot of folks myself included doubted that Muncie might be able to recreate what he did last year and he's done it quietly because power is up across the board but 33 home runs this year a few more plate appearances um, 35 last year slight reduction in K's continued elite um, plate discipline so is an interesting guy and then obviously the his exit uh, opens the door for Gavin Lux who we're going to talk about a little bit later. But I have a question for you, Bubba. This isn't on our agenda, yeah. so this is just going to be out of left field. But you're drafting next year. Who do you like more, Chris Bryant or Max Muncie?
1: Well, for 30. one, I was one of the detractors on Max Muncy this season already. So yeah. I'll take the I'll take the L. It was more where he was going in drafts compared to his value. Like if you wanted him, you had to pay for Max Muncie, and yeah. I wasn't I wasn't in the for Max Muncie business, but. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird, because Bryant, like, we've seen flashes. It's like He's actually, again, kind of like you said with Muncie, he's having a quiet, good season. He's not quite having his MVP season we hoped we'd see from two years ago. Mm-hmm. But he's having a quiet, good season. I think I'll go to Bryant again, back to the main reason that Muncie worries me, and David Roberts proved me wrong this year. But as long as David Roberts is there, and so many awesome weapons they have in L.A., there's just to me, there's always going to be some... I'm not saying playing time concerns is the right word, but there's mm-hmm. going to be this, like it's always in the back of the head that, oh, let's just give him an extra day off. And all of a sudden, by the end of the season, there's like 30 games he didn't play because there's so many players there. That adds up yeah. in the, the grand scheme of things. And yeah. that's kind of, that's what deterred me from him to begin with. And now like you look at Gavin Lux is there, Seeger, Turner, mm-hmm. Bellinger, like there's your infield. Then you have the outfields eh. full. Like Muncie's got to rotate in there
2: somewhere. Yeah. I don't, that'll actually be interesting. I wonder if he'll look to maybe move Muncie. Next year, they, they uh, gotta
1: move someone. Like they've been trying to move Jock, they can't move Jock. I think people are yeah. seeing he's a big home run hitter, but a, a broken average. It's just they're gonna have to move someone. That's why, as good as Gavin Lux is, and I agree, it's probably for the better they didn't move him. I thought if they wanted a big time guy, it, would, it wouldn't have hurt. They have like a, just embarrassment of riches.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, um the only reason why I ask is because Max Muncy is rated higher than Bryant on the Player Rater. Uh, ESPN player rater and pretty much all fantasy sites as I've seen, they have Muncie rated higher than Bryant so far this year. And if you look at Bryant's last two years, you're looking at um, over a thousand plate appearances and 39 home runs and Muncie hit 35 last year in less than 500. So um, it's yeah, just Bryant was hurt last year though. Like... I'll
1: get, I'll get Brian a grain of salt on that. He was hurt last okay. year with his shoulder.
2: Okay. Okay. Yeah. That zaps um,
1: power in a big way.
2: For sure, yeah. I just think it's I think it's interesting because I'm I'm interested to see how people kind of react, uh, react, react there. I mean, it's just one of these kind of things where, like, I, two years ago, if you'd been like, "Oh, who would you rather have, Max Muncie or Chris Bryant?" and I'd kind of be like, "Uh, maybe Max Muncie," but I agree the playing time issues are definitely something to consider. It's uh, it's interesting though. Anyways, moving on. That wasn't on our agenda. I was just uh, I just thought I'd check. No, it. it's fine.
1: I'm always for the spitball fun stuff, and uh, I think he'll be. I think he will be popular, but I think Brian's name value might keep him higher in drafts. But um, we'll wait and see because last year everybody wanted that bounce back Brian season, and so they were aggressive on him. But maybe another year and more talent around will make it interesting. Talking about more talent around, Adelbert Mondesi is back from the IL. So much for I think last week we talked about he was ready, but they wanted to wait till September first. They didn't want him to run a lot, but well, he came back on September 1st and he stole three bases. That was pretty good. He had another stolen base tonight, so he's got four steals in the first two games he's playing in. Um, he's hit, he's like four for four for nine, four stolen bases, like three runs scored. Picking up pretty much where he left off, uh, Toby. What's your, your thoughts on Is he Like, I guess you could skew it two ways. Obviously, if you have him, you're playing him. But what's it going to take to, as low as stolen bases are this year and how coveted they already are, being talked about for next draft season, where would you expect a guy like Mondesi to go? Because he was tearing the cover off the ball, then he got hurt, and now he, his people kind of forgot about him. Now he's back.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was kind of funny because we've all been waiting for him to come back. He comes back on a Sunday when nobody who does weekly or biweekly lineup changes has him in the lineup, and he steals those three bases. And everybody's like, three bases right now, that's like 10% of my total for the year. Not really, but it's just, like, uh, unbelievable. Um, Yeah, I mean, it is interesting. I mean, I think it was nice to see that just because it feels like he's going to steal bases. He stole another base tonight. He stole third base Um, uh, tonight when he got on. Like, I think he walked. Is that right? Yeah, he walked. Like, imagine Yeah, he walked and going. Adalberto Mondesi. Imagine doing that. Um, That's
1: like walking. um, It's almost like walking Billy Hamilton. It's just suicide.
2: Yeah. I mean, the the, – I don't think he's going to be hurt at all by what he's done this year. I mean, if you look at his, um, he went, I think at pick uh, in our, in our two early mock, he's already gone. He went to our good friend, Alex Chamberlain at pick 24 um, today. And Samada said at pick 19 that he um, was considering him as well. And so I think the stolen bases are enough to have him way up there. And if he can stay healthy, I mean, one of the things that I question is you know well, I guess I don't know if I should do that, but um, you know he's just had a hard time staying healthy. I think even last year he had an i l stint as well, or maybe it was even during the minor league season, but he hasn't really been able to put together um that that uh that full season yet, as we've heard, like you know these things aren't necessarily predictive of injuries unless they're soft tissue things. I don't think there's been any anything consistent with him, but um. You know, I think those stolen bases are enough to get him uh, where he's going to be right back up there, where he was, if not higher. Because, you know, stolen bases are going to get moved up so high because a guy like that can get you 50% of the stolen bases you need to be solidly in that in that stolen base category. And that's definitely something. um, 34 stolen bases and 365 plate appearances. I mean, he's pretty close to being on pace for what he was. Last year, so yeah. I think he's gonna be fine.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think he'll be just fine. I was just curious on um, where he'll go and if he's already gone early in ours. That's pretty pretty telling on the uh, stolen base landscape out there. It's a, it's a big telltale. Um, let's go to some September call ups. We'll start with the obvious big one that we've been waiting for for a long time. Gavin Lux. We've hinted at him a few times. He was tearing the cover off the ball. He, he spent time in Double A AA and Triple A this year, combined for twenty six home runs at thirteen in each. He hit 392 in AAA. Combined, at 347 on the year, uh, he's doing everything you want. Ten stolen bases, 99 runs scored in 113 games. He is just a beast at the plate. He was just, he should have been up a long time ago, but again, they had no reason to. But now he's up. He was leading off on Tuesday night. He already has at least one hit. He had two hits in his debut on Monday. The kid's good. He should be playing every day with the Dodgers, uh, especially with Muncie out. He was pretty much grabbed, or he'll be grabbed this weekend because he wasn't eligible yet. No yeah, he
2: wasn't not eligible. This will yeah. be
1: interesting because, like, no one has fab left. But what's your thoughts on uh, Gavin Lux? Because for me, it's pretty much go grab him. The guy's a monster. He's going to have a, a pretty fun September.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be really good. Um, we've seen, like, the guys who um, who came in with high pro- prospect high prospect pedigree who were tearing the cover off the ball in AAA have generally changed – have generally transitioned fairly well um, into the big leagues this year. I think um, I think he's a must add in all formats, even twelve team leagues, even below that. Uh, David Robert, Dave Roberts, has already said he's going to be on that song, strong side of the platoon at second base, so that's good for him. That's a good situation um, to be in. It's also helpful just to know that that's kind of where he's going to be, so that you can in weekly lineups or in biweekly lineups, you can kind of see what you're going to get. Um, for for uh, for the for that week or that half week. Um, so really like that. I would expect power and batting average from him. I know he has some speed in the minors. He has a 55-speed um, uh, current and future um, uh, scout grade on fangraphs. So he's obviously a pretty fast guy. Um, but I wouldn't expect much speed. T- 10 stolen bases between AA and AAA this year, but he's only 10 for 16. Um, so not a great ratio in the minors, which doesn't bode well, I think, for him transitioning that speed um, into the big leagues. Like you mentioned, batting leadoff today, uh, batting eighth yesterday. I think he's, um, I think he, I think he should be really good. And I mean, September pitching is not going to be that much different than AAA pitching, if we're honest. So um, uh, go get him. I'm I'm a little bummed because I have a decent amount of fab in one of my leagues that's uh, super competitive. I was in first, I'm now in second, but. I've got Nell, Nelly Cruz in my UTIL spot. And then I've got um, Bo Bichette at shortstop and Marcus Semyon at shortstop. And so, or Marcus Semyon at shortstop and um, uh, Bo Bichette at middle infield. And so I don't really have any him to put anywhere there uh, when I feel like I might be able to, to make a run at him this week. So, um, but yeah, I think uh, uh, add him, add him, add him everywhere.
1: But at the same time, Toby, you should add him so someone else can't have him.
2: Yeah, but do you spend that much of your fab to do that? I just don't know. Like I've got well, how, much of, how much how okay, much of a let's game changer you Let's do a little analysis. So, um it's one of my main events and um I'm in second currently uh by four points, but it's uh it's very close. It's like if I if I get a win, I move up uh to I get uh, another point and then if I hit two home runs, then I'm already back in the lead. Um, so, uh, so let's see. So the way that I would look at it is I think I have 32, I have $30 left, um, which is more than my top competition. I've got 19 more dollars than they do. Um, so I'll take a look at their lineup and see whether they would be of, of interest. If Lux would be of interest to them and potentially, um, you know, I could bid like $12 just to make sure that they don't get him or even $11 since I'm in second to them. Uh, but, you know, and, and then, and then maybe down the stretch, he's going to play, uh, you know, a, a little bit more than some of the other guys, a little bit of insurance, but is it that, or do I want to try to dominate the pitching matchups, um, you know, to, to improve in K's to improve in wins? Cause I think that's one thing that's really underestimated is if you have a major fab, uh, advantage in the last few weeks, like pitching is so fickle right now. Like you add a two-star mm-hmm. guy. And unless they're a guy who's just like doing it like throughout the season, you just don't know if they're gonna make that second start. You just never know what's gonna happen. And so, you know, I've had situations where I'm in a pretty good position in Fab. And like last week in in TGFBI, I think I had twelve starts. Um, you know, so I had I think seven starting pitchers going, five of them had two start weeks, and then two of them had one start weeks, and I was able to make some up some a decent amount of ground in some categories as a result of that. And so I think that's what you have to kind of weigh is, okay, like a month of Gavin Lux versus, you know, being able to really feel like you can get whoever you want to get down the stretch. Okay.
1: Let me play devil's advocate. Let me play devil's yeah. advocate for a second then. Um, I, I understand the streaming aspect and all that, but that yeah. only works if you want categories. If you want to mess with your ratios, it's probably not the best approach. Correct.
2: Uh, yes, absolutely. But in this league, I'm actually in pretty good. But shape. But I'm just trying to
1: say for people, I'm just trying yeah, to say for people yeah. listening that absolutely. we got to clarify that that if yeah, you if you're worried about your ratios, you might not want to stream some of these guys like Daniel Norris is, or Homer Bailey's or random guys like that along the way.
2: Totally, yeah. It, it's it's all dependent. So, like to give you an example here, I have a three six two ERA, which is first. I'm 0.04 ahead of the guy behind me, and then I'm 0.26 ahead of the person behind that's that's next in line. And so it's a relatively comfortable margin. It can close very quickly, right, with the wrong guys. But like having like a Garrett Cole and a Lucas Giolito um, gives me a little bit of comfort in there. And then with Whip, I've got a one five eight, which is or a one one five eight, which is good for second. And then that is uh, nearly 0. 0.4 ahead, or more than 0. 0.4, almost 0. 0.5 ahead of the the person that's one below me. And so that is, okay, so that is a good place to there. be in because, yeah, yeah and, I, and that's a really good point you make. Like, you've always got to be balancing those categories and where can you make up the most and where you can lose them. Because I think a lot of times, myself included, we get like kind of fixated on a single category, like, I'm low in stolen bases here. I've been trying so damn hard to get my stolen bases up. And I feel like I've actually hurt myself because I've been starting stolen base guys, and now I'm in this huge competition for home runs where I had a little bit of a concussion earlier today. So I think that's what I love about Roto is the give and take of kind of chasing those categories and not losing drowned too much and and stuff like that. And so I think at this point, um, you know, I've kind of given up on any chance of the overall for sure. And so just trying to really um, you know, hammer home those categories where I can gain without giving up um, in areas where uh, I can't, uh, you know, where I can't get too much. So that's, you know, that's a lot about a one single team, but may, hopefully that's helpful to people as they think about like what they're considering as they go down the stretch with Fab. Yeah.
1: I just think Gavin Lux has the ability for average, some pops, some runs scored in RBI. If you can help in a lot of categories that might help some people around you. And if it's not even the guys around you, it can still move the rankings around that make it quite interesting. So that was just my whole thought process there. Let's go to Kyle Tucker of the Houston Astros. Another guy we've been hoping to see all year, just dominated triple a, he only hit 266, but 34 home runs. He uh, stole 30 bases, 30, 30 guy in triple a, not many have ever done that. I think I heard like the fourth or fifth guy to ever do that in triple a, some crazy like that. Average isn't great, but everything else is phenomenal when it comes to Kyle Tucker Similar to some other situations we talked about, playing time should be a massive problem there. Kind of the reason why they haven't called him up. You saw Jordan Alvarez catching or mm-hmm. uh, playing DH. You have Brantley Springer, almost might have a concussion after tonight. Yeah, um, yeah it's not that. And then and then there's you know, Reddick and Brisnick and everybody else in the outfield. So Kyle Tucker, as exciting as he is, and he was already owned in everywhere I existed because people drafted him, so they already picked him up. What are your thoughts on Kyle Tucker? Like, do you would you rather have Gavin Lux or Kyle Tucker?
2: Oh, I'd easily rather have Lux just because I think the yes. playing time is, uh, is is straight is straightforward. There, I do think I just saw that Springer injury that he might be out for a little yep. bit, so that could open up um, some playing time. I mean, you just never know with the Astros, though, right? Because it's like, do they just throw Mariznick in center then? Because can can Tucker play center? I feel defense. like he's more of yeah. a corner uh outfielder guy I mean it's you know they have like Josh Reddick there who's been not great you know so it's just every it's like everybody I've I've heard plenty of people joke about it. it's like everybody loves Kyle Tucker except for the Houston Astros and so uh, <laughs> I think that um you know even since he got called up like he didn't start today he's 0 for 3 he's come on as a pinch hitter twice um and so unless he gets that consistent run and the thing is like especially now it's like, you don't really have the opportunity to kind of wait and see if guys are going to get run. You know, it's like every, like a week now, like starting with next week's fab, like a week is a third of the season that's left. And so can you really wait a week to see if he's going to get some run, you know? And so I think that that's really challenging. So if you have him obviously like monitor the situation, if he gets, if he gets a run of playing time, I mean, I think he, he could be a, he could be a, a championship winner for sure. I just think it might be a little bit more frustration, you know, when it comes to Tucker, similar to the next guy that I think we're going to talk about. I just, you know, it's like everybody loves them except for the team that they're playing for. See some sort of weakness, um, you know, that, that we're all missing.
1: Yeah, no, it sucks with Kyle Tucker. I'd love to see him play every day. I figured like two years ago, I was screaming from the rooftops, don't trade him for Archer or anybody. This last trade deadline, I was saying trade him so he can play somewhere. (laughs) We'll see what what happens this offseason. I don't know. It's pretty crazy what's going on in that situation. But you mentioned the next guy, Nate Lowe, my boy, our boy, everyone's boy, except the Tampa Rays boy, Nate Lowe, who is just – he can't do anything wrong in AAA. First game back with Tampa Bay goes deep. Like this is what the guy does, and then he goes back to the bench because they want to play Hayes Aguilar. They want to play G-Man Choi. They don't want to play Nate Lowe. I don't understand. I don't know if you understand it, but it's like, I want to own him and play him, but I don't at the same time.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's super frustrating. Uh, he hit a home run. I can't remember if it was Monday or Sunday, but he hit it's a home Sunday. run. In his, it was Sunday. He hit a home run in his first game with the Rays after being called up after rosters expanded. And then today in a double header, including one that had a right-handed pitcher, um, he sat uh, both games of the double header. So you know, it's just kind of like, uh, all right. Uh, he's shown great skills so far this year. He's got better than league average plate discipline. He's got better than league average contact. He's got better than league average hard hit rate. He's got a beautiful 31% ground ball rate. He's hitting the ball in the air a ton, 8.1% barrels per plate appearance, close to 115 mile per hour max exit velocity. Like the dude is a stud, and I think he's going to be really, really good when he does get playing time. Uh it just seems like the Rays are not committed to making that happen. Um G-Man Choi, I don't know what happened today, but he does have a little red suitcase next to him in my um on NFBC. So he may be injured if that's the case. Maybe he gets a little run, but I would love to have him because I think if he does have get a run of games here, the Rays, and and we were gonna talk about like uh Who has a great schedule down the stretch, but pitching is just so horrible that, like, every team has a good, good, uh, good stretch run. But Tampa Bay, they have the these, uh, they have one more game against Baltimore, then they've got four against Toronto, they've got three against Texas, three against the Angels, two against the Dodgers, four against the Red Sox, two against the Yankees, and then they close it out with Toronto again. So again, like the AL East just has garbage pitching right now, the Yankees and Red Sox included, and so um, he could really go on a nice little run here to close out the season. I'm just not sure again whether the the Rays are going to, um, you know, give him that time. But if I had to choose between Nate Lowe and Kyle Tucker, um, if I unless I needed stolen bases, I would lean Nate Low because I, I do think that we've seen that he can play at the major league level and play well. We haven't necessarily seen that from Tucker. And so um, I would lean I would lean low of those two. What about you?
1: Yeah, I'd 100% go low of those two because I think Lowe might at least get to play three or four times a week maybe, where Tucker might pinch hit three or four times a week right now. That's just what it feels like. It, it really feels like they don't want Tucker to play at all. He might get like one, one or two starts a week where low might squeeze in, and especially if Choi – is hurt for any period of time that really opens the door for Nate Lowe. So I think that's something to definitely keep an eye on. we saw him hit lefties as well in his first go round up here. So they can't pull the BS that it's a, he can't hit lefties thing because that's not true. Uh, He's just a great power hitter and he needs to play some play in the games really, really badly. Um, Let's go to the Yankees again. We talked about their crowded outfield, their crowded infield, their crowded team. And I'm pretty sure it's the same situation here uh, it's probably similar to Kyle Tucker's situation with Clint Frazier. We know the power's there. Another guy that the Yankees just can't quit, but they don't give him consistent playing time. He was great earlier this year, went back to the minors, where he hit um, two forty eight with, with eight home runs and 20 doubles. So the power kind of disappeared in AAA, surprisingly. But there's still a lot to like there with Clint Frazier, but I don't think the playing time's there. What about you?
2: Yeah, I I think with so many of these guys, right? You got Judge, you got Talkman, you got Gardner, who are all clearly in front of Frazier. You know, maybe he'll get a little bit of run to keep guys fresh down the stretch, but I don't think he's enough of an impact bat at this point in his career um, that if he's not playing on on a like a pretty much everyday basis or three out of four, um, you know, that he's he's that valuable to fantasy owners. K percentage is pretty high at 27%. He's got some contact issues. The batted ball quality has been okay. Um, you know, the home runs have been um, have been decent. But, you know, he's not like a – he's not a standout guy for me. The Yankees do have a nice schedule down the stretch like every AL East team. But um, he, he's not somebody that I'm running out to get. I'm really prioritizing playing time um, right now. You just need to be – you know, I think that's where you can really gain on folks is – for the folks who have checked out, who are now playing fantasy football, um, for the guys who aren't monitoring things as closely, things change really, really quickly. And so, I think the edge that you can get on folks is by is by keeping your um, keeping your lineup active, keeping it live, keeping those games coming. Because there's going to be a lot of guys who are forced to stick with guys who are playing one or once, twice, three times a week. Um, and regardless of who is playing once, two, or three times a week, like that's not going to be enough to keep up with with a guy who's playing six or seven games a week. Yep, that's that's a big
1: problem. Uh, Last main guy we'll talk about here real quick is uh, Kevin Cron. He's back up with the D-backs. We know the powers are at 39 home runs in AAA this year and hit 329. Reno's a great place to hit, don't get me wrong, but those are still like redonkulous numbers. The previous year at 309 with 22 home runs in AAA. So he's done very, very well there in a short time in the bigs. Five home runs only at 203, but it was limited, not every day type stuff. The talent's there. I don't know if the playing time's there, but he is intriguing as Arizona might have a little more flexibility fitting him in than some of these other teams. What's your thoughts on Kevin Krohn?
2: Yeah, I, Crone I, is a guy. He's not getting playing time right now. Um, uh, you know, he's not playing tonight. I don't think he played last night. You know, he's probably in that one to two times a week. Uh, type schedule right now but he's a guy that once the the diamondbacks are eliminated officially from the playoff race you know and they to their credit they've been um you know they've been they've been playing hard they've been playing decently they are currently four games out you know so everybody points towards the Mets still being in it after wow what a destructive loss that was today my god did you see that that was that was rough yes That is just, uh, I feel bad. Up
1: 10 to to
2: four and blowing that mess.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, I like the Mets. I have a lot of friends that are Mets fans. It's just brutal. Like they don't, they don't deserve that. But um, I mean, the Diamondbacks are more in the race than the Mets are. And they're tied with Milwaukee right now. And they're about to win their game uh, against the Padres tonight. And so, you know, they're going to be three and a half games out of contention. And they're going to be closer to the playoff race than a lot of, teams that are quote unquote in the race and so um, you know there it may not be toward till the very end when they fall out of that race that's a lot of games to make up with this little bit of season um, left to play but you know for the final week or two of the season, if Crone gets some run, here's a here's a quick question for you among players who have at least 20 batted ball events, who is number one in barrels per plate appearance? I'm going to guess Kevin Cron. Man, you are good. Uh, <laughs> how did you guess that? Uh, he is. 13. I don't know. Just 6%. a hunch. Right above Nelly uh, Nelly Cruz. And so See, I, knew, you know, I knew Nelly was
1: a big one, but I had to
2: guess. Yeah. yeah I mean, he's even higher than Aristides Aquino. Uh, he's higher than Gary Sanchez. He's higher than Joey Gallo. So the power is there. It's available. He needs to get a run of games. And he's not like like he's going to strike out quite a bit, but he's not. Uh, I don't think he's an egregious strikeout guy. Like I think he's actually been able to maintain decent strikeout rates in the minors. Um, so I just think that he's, he could be a league winner down the stretch if he does get playing time. So just monitor him, see, you know, check in with the beat writers, see what they're saying about who's going to get playing time, who's not, but he's a, he could be a really nice addition for the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah. I'm with you. The playing times there, I'm a big fan. I've owned him earlier this year. I dropped them obviously because I didn't know what they do with him after that. But, I owned him when he had some consistent playing time, and he's a very valuable asset on your fantasy team if he's playing out there. Let's talk about a couple player profiles, a little deeper dives that Toby likes to uh, really give us the, the data on here. We'll start with the pitcher, Sandy Alcantara of the Miami Marlins, You know, a, a guy that came over, I believe, from the Cardinals in the Osuna deal. A uh, good young arm, starting to really get it going, throwing five or more innings in every August start, six or more in four straight, uh, six or more k's in three of his last four three earned runs or less than three of his last four in the month of august a 303 era 493 x fit so there's signs of life and he's really the, the home runs have gone down less than almost a half a home run per nine in the month of august so signs are pointing the right directions with alcantara lefties i know that from the dfs viewpoint of things but what are you seeing that gets your attention with sandy alcantara
2: yeah, the big thing with Alcantara, and this is just one little data point that I found interesting because I picked him up in in, uh, in actually our barf League uh, because I just kept on seeing him with some decent strikeout rates and pitching pretty well. And One thing I noticed is that he's pretty much swapped his four-seam fastball for his sinker, and normally you'd be like, oh, no, 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 don't do that. Don't throw your sinker. <laughs> but his sinker has a 12.3% uh, swinging strike rate this year, I believe. I'm, if I was reading that correctly um, and so you know 12.3 uh, percent swinging strike rate on his sinker and then his, fa- uh, his four seam fastball has a um, I think 6.3 percent I'm just going to double check this I'm getting it up right now so um, his sinker has a 12 percent swinging strike rate on it on 576 pitches thrown versus his four seam which has a 6.3 percent swinging strike rate and over the last few starts he's totally swapped usage. He's using his sinker a ton. He's throwing it like 50% of the time, I want to say in his last three starts, um which is a huge change. Actually, let me let me just get uh, let me just get the percentages here um while I while I have it right here. So, um fastball is down at uh 16%. His four seam is down at 16% of his pitches. Um, versus 48% from his sinker. If you go back to the three starts leading up to July 31st, he was at 45% seam and 10% sinker. So normally you want people to stay away from your sinker. I don't know what makes Sandy Alcantara's uh, sinker so good, but it does have a 12% swinging strike rate, and he's throwing it a ton more and seems to be pitching really well with it. And so... Um, you know, for that reason, I think he's very interesting down the stretch if he's available for you in deeper leagues. I know this week he had a really he has a really nice two-start week against Pittsburgh, and then he's got another kind of softer matchup, maybe like the Padres or something like that. Uh for the second uh this, this the second little piece. And so his sinker is generating a 65.1% ground ball rate, which is unbelievably nasty. That's really, really good. So essentially like his sinker is just a dominant pitch right now. And it's only been okay from a WRC plus perspective, one twelve, but a lot of those underlying metrics point to it being better. And so maybe he's figured out that that's his better fastball to go to. um, And he's throwing it more. Um, And so that's, that'll be an interesting development to kind of monitor and see how he does because a pitch that can generate that much, many ground balls and also swing and misses is a, is a, uh, it could be a special pitch, and I hate to say that about a sinker. I'm sure it's just a small sample size.
1: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. The pedigree was there. The prospect pedigree was there. He just hasn't put it together yet. Maybe he's finally getting it going. Like, the Marlins are still a ways away, but there's some young talent there that it gets your attention at least. It's fun to watch from, from a fantasy perspective. Real life, not so much. Fantasy-wise, there's a few little nuggets here or there that are kind of interesting there for you. Uh, let's go to a bat, the Arizona Diamondbacks' Josh Rojas. Uh, super, super talented prospect guy. I believe another one of uh, our boy Chamberlain's uh, guys that he enjoyed uh, two for four on Tuesday night, gives him like a six or seven game hitting streak. Now he's hit two home runs in his last five games. There's uh, a lot to like here. He's hitting second on Tuesday night in the order. Uh looks like he's gonna get everyday playing time for the D backs. What's your, uh, your interest in Josh Rojas?
2: Yeah. I mean this, we should pretty much just have this podcast sponsored by Alex Chamberlain at this point. I mean, uh, we're bringing up his guys so much. Um, so uh, Rojas, uh, I picked him up a few. He was dropped in a couple leagues. I think people were, you know, a little disappointed with the initial returns. He's only got fifty six plate appearances, but since August first, he's got a three forty expected woba. Solid play discipline, twenty seven percent O swing. Uh, contact is okay, eighty four point five percent. So right around league average for in zone. A little under at seventy three percent uh, for overall, but his hard hit rate is at 50%. Um, almost hit a Jack today. He just hit it to the wrong part of the ballpark. Um, he does have some speed, uh, to go along with uh, that power and and the possibility of a decent batting average. And so, uh, that could be really, really nice down the stretch for folks. I do think he's going to get every day playing time. He is getting every day playing time. Um, and so, Um, he is not a bad guy to be looking for, especially in like 12-teamers. I think he'll be available a decent amount of places. I got him even in a 15-teamer. I think I picked him up in TGFBI, I want to say, this week. Um, And so I'm hoping he'll lead me to victory there. Uh, But uh, just a guy that I think should be on folks' fantasy radars. He's going to get playing time. He's got some power. He's got some speed. Um, I think he he should be pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, no, and if he's getting everyday playing time in that D-backs offense, which – it's not consistent, but it can explode. Nickel's off at times. And if he's in the middle there, you got Eduardo Escobar, has got like over 30 home runs, over 100 time can Catel Marte, if Cron Christian Walker's got, I think, 25 plus homers. There's a lot of offense there. And if he's in the middle of that, he's going to help you in some massive counting stats down the stretch. So that's a very, very good. Even Wilmer uh, Flores is heating up in the month of August. It's crazy, crazy times in Arizona. They just have no pitching. So that's killing mm-hmm. them. Right now, you mentioned Josh Rojas. I pulled up my tgfbi Fab results. He was picked up two periods ago, not this one, not the one, the, the previous one, uh, the week of eight eighteen. Mister Jeff Erickson got him for five dollars way back when, and he um he dropped Dansby Swanson along the way. So that was a fun one. But um, let's talk about some Fab from this week. Each week, it's going to be kind of not the greatest, more kind of individual type deals uh, in my world wants Swanson got picked back up this week. But uh, Sam Hilliard was one of the big ones. We talked about him last week when he kind of got the job with the D-backs, with the uh, injuries going on in that outfield. He's been very good. The power's there. He's not running yet. But he really hasn't been on. It's either like home runs or – it's like what Adelberto he did earlier this year. He's hitting doubles, triples, home runs. He wasn't giving you the chance to steal bases. Hilliard's not really doing all that just yet. You never know. They could pull playing time at any given time. But for now I see him playing – Pretty regularly, at least versus right-handed pitchers. Anytime you get a Coors bat, that's always good. Uh, a few other ones that were kind of standouts, Trevor Richards, two-start week. He got picked up. Uh, Jake Bowers got picked up by Matt Thompson. Sean Benaya was a popular one. Everybody saw what he was doing in the minors. His last rehab start pitched well in five innings in the Bronx. So he got added. Uh, ben Zobrist is back. He was leading off on Tuesday night. So if he's available, he could be a sneaky nice add. Uh, Jake Cave was added, Tony Gonsolin, Daniel Ponce de Leon. So just kind of a bunch of that, but um, you never know because they'll be hit and miss in the month of September. Hilliard and would are probably the big two in my league. What about you?
2: Um. Yeah, we we had another, I think we had 20 plus bids. Uh, yeah, Jake you guys Cave are was... busy,
1: busy, busy. It's crazy. Oh man,
2: people are moving. People are moving and shaking here. Um, so the big move was for Jake cave, who I think is a really astute pickup. That was Brant Chesser. Who's also in our two early mock, uh, a really uh, great player, smart, smart dude. Um, he has, he had, he has a lot more fab than everybody else. So he could bid a lot. He bit 27, um, and cave. I mean, my only concern with cave, I kind of down, I put, I pulled some of my bid, not pulled them, but I brought them down a little bit and I missed out on him in a couple places because of it. Because of the news that Byron Buxton was um, activated from the IL, I believe, um, at the end uh, uh, when rosters expanded. So it may just be that they can expand rosters and, and free up a space. Uh, but that gave me a little bit of pause. Um, but he's playing against right-handed hitters. He is just, he's crushing the ball. He can hit the ball really, really hard. And if he elevates the ball, he can do a lot of damage. So uh, great pickup there. He's already had a really nice week so far. After that, it was all pretty low bids. Um, Seth Brown went for seven. Uh, I got Dylan Bundy for four. Uh, Bundy, play. he has the Rangers uh, for one start this week, so I started him there. Please pray for me. Um, and then next week, I think he has a really nice two-step. Uh, oh, man, don't tell me he got bumped from his two-step because of this whole double. I think he had a two-step this week. No, he's got Thursday this week. I uh, thought he had a two-step next week. It- he might not have a two-step room next week, which would be annoying as hell, because oh, it was going to be it actually wasn't the greatest. It was the Dodgers and um, Dodgers and Detroit, but just a two-step with a decent pitcher who's, oh, maybe it, maybe it wasn't that he had the two-step. Maybe it's that his two-step that he should have coming up is going to be Toronto and Seattle, or Detroit and Seattle in two weeks. And he's been pitching okay, and and we talked about him last week. Like, I'm not a fan of Bundy by any means, but he's a league average pitcher right now, and that is something. You've got a pulse. Uh, Ronnie Rodriguez um, went. Framber Valdez went. Uh, Patrick Sandoval went. Really like Patrick Sandoval. Picked him up a couple weeks ago but dropped him just because he doesn't seem to be able to get to that five innings uh, to qualify for a win. Uh, Glass now uh, was picked up. That's an astute pickup by um, uh, by James Anderson. Uh, Sam Hilliard went for three bucks, back up of two. I got Drew Verhagen. Um, he is he's got a two start week, a two quote unquote start week. He's been piggybacking off of Daniel Norris. Norris has been pitching three innings per start, and then Verhagen's been taking over and going as as far as he can, and he's been pitching really well. Um, He struck out six today and four and a third, gave up one run. I think only three walks and hits Um, really, really solid there. And I think it was today it was against the Royals. And then on Sunday, he has the A's. So not the best matchup in the world, but it's at the, um, it's at the Oakland Coliseum. So uh, again, uh, some hope there. Josh Rojas, I picked up for $3, a backup of one. Michael Givens went for two. Andres Munoz went for two. Kike Hernandez went for two. Fegley for one. Victor Reyes, who I actually like. I think he's a good pickup um, in a lot of places. Uh, he's leading off for the Tigers, playing every day. He's a switch hitter. He's been hitting for a decent batting average, actually stealing some bases, has a solid sprint speed. Um, I think it was – I saw Fantasy Gospel is a uh, is a – Twitter account that I follow and they, I think I saw they mentioned him and that kind of alerted me to them. So uh, kudos to them. Nomar Mazzara for one, Dario Agrizal for one, any 2 start starter here. Mike Ford for one, Fl- Wendell Flores for one, Howie Kendrick for one, Danny Duffy for one, Ross Stripling for one. That could end up being um, nice. It looks like um, Urias is going to take that piece in the rotation, but Dustin May just hasn't been that good. Um, yeah, and he got hit in the head by a line drive. Yep, exactly. So, uh, you know, he was supposed to pitch, I think, against the Giants this week. And um, I didn't now see him on the happened, schedule, maybe. so I dropped him. Justin Smoke, for one, I dropped him last week just because he's not playing that much. Jag- Jacob pack, Jaime Barria, and Daniel Norris all went. So, um, you know, this it's, is the type of – this is where we are cra- in this It's season, crazy. Right?
1: It's crazy. Like, most of those guys are all gone in my leagues. That's the thing. It's like none of those guys are available when I go to pick yeah. guys up.
2: I think that's one of the things about churning at this point in the season is a lot of times guys are maybe churning folks who are a little deeper into their roster, you know, um, because like, you know, you're playing matchups at this point in time, and you're just trying to maximize the number of games that people play. We've got it's super packed uh, in ours, we've got uh, three, five players in the top 32 in the TGFBI um we've got five guys within 15 points of the lead um so it's going to be a lot of fun here down the stretch and people are going to continue to grind it's been a lot of uh, fun to be in tgfbi is terrific thank you justin mason as usual just a lot of fun has been generated from this competition
1: yep no doubt about it so That'll wrap us up this week. Uh, Any closing thoughts? I think you've said enough. No, I was kidding. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Uh, The truth comes out. I was joking with you. I was joking Um, with you. Any final thoughts as
1: we're one week into September? No,
2: no, no. Um, uh, No, the two early mocks should be fun. Uh, My first two picks were Justin Berlander at 110, and then I took Fernando Tatis at uh, 220, I think. Nice. Um, Yeah. Yeah. How about you? I
1: took I had one thirteen. I took uh, Trey Turner, and uh, the be, Trey Turner pick at two seventeen. I took Jose Ramirez.
2: I was ho- I was hoping one of those two guys might fall back to me recency bias, but it's a it's a sharp league. So
1: so on paper that would like give me a good chunk of stolen bases right out the gate and other good categories that wouldn't kill my team. So I'd be actually very happy with that start. Mm. Yeah, but we'll see. It's September, and we're drafting for next year. So yeah, totally. And the uh, teams I'll, that we don't actually change. have to keep. <laughs> yeah, no, this will be my best team drafted. So don't worry about it. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> but uh, yeah, September baseball in full swing. We'll be back with you guys early next week to keep breaking down. We'll do a lot more too early mocks. Hick. It might be done by next week, but I I doubt it. But you never know. It moves pretty quick on day one. I was pretty uh, impressed with the the movement in that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said you have yeah, picked ten there's a lot of good names in there, so we'll uh we'll have a lot of fun i think it was uh, justin he doesn't pick all the people but he does some of the draft orders on his own and uh he put a gr- a good group of us all together so oh,
2: absolutely yeah it's it's a lot of fun guys in there
1: yeah I'm really looking forward to that but as always you can follow toby on twitter at Bat flip crazy i'm on Twitter at b d Entric and we will be back with you guys next week this was Bubba and batflip episode seven catch you guys later.